today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Romans. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us, because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. Romans chapter 8, we're going to pick it up in verse 22. Romans 8, verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. When God created this world, he created man and placed him in charge over the creation. And all of creation was subject to man. And when man fell, death not only entered into man, but it entered into creation as well, that curse of death. There was no such thing as rust, rot, decay, that sort of thing in God's original creation. Now, you you think about that. When you ride down the road and you see a tree laying there that's dead and rotted, God did not intend for that to be. God did not intend for sweat to be running off of your forehead and down your cheeks. God had the temperature just perfect. Everything was just right. Uh, I'm sure the gnats had their proper place. They wouldn't bother you. But after the fall, we've got the weeds and we've got all of these things now to have to deal with. Because when man fell, all of creation fell with man. And even the very elements changed. Uh, I was looking on the news this morning about a tornado that had gone through Oklahoma and destroyed several neighborhoods out that way and God never intended for there to be storms of that nature hurricanes earthquakes these types of things and I truly believe that these storms and things is the earth groaning and travail to be delivered from the curse that's been placed upon this earth because of man's fallen condition, and I believe that the closer we get to the time of Jesus coming, these things are only going to increase. And Paul said there in verse 23, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of the body. What Jesus did at Calvary's cross addressed everything that was lost 
in the fall. However, we only have a tiny portion of it right now. The rest will come when the trump of God sounds, as he says there, the redemption of the body. That will take place when the resurrection rapture occurs, which could be, of course, at any time. But until that time comes, there is a groaning within our hearts, or at least there should be, for the fulfillment of these things, for God to come and straighten all of these things out. Verse 24, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope, for what a man seeth, why doth he get hope for? Friend, you can stand on the promises of God. Hope that is referred to here is not a hope of if these things are going to happen. It is hope as to time, when these things are going to happen. And let me paraphrase Paul's question here. He said, for what a man seeth, why doth he get hope for? In other words, does a man hope for something he's already received? Of course, the answer to that is no. And we've not received all the benefits of what Jesus paid such a price for us to have. Like I said, we've only got a tiny portion of it. We have been saved by faith. We are justified right now. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you've invited Him into your heart and life, and your faith is in what He did at Calvary, your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life, you are saved. But at the same time, you need to understand that you are being saved. There's an ongoing process in our salvation that has to occur. That's called sanctification, progressive sanctification, as the Holy Spirit cleans us up and conforms us more and more into the image of Christ. That is what's going on now. So we have been saved. We are being saved, and we shall be saved. In other words, that's the glorified body. That's when the rapture will take place. Corruption will put on incorruption. Mortality will put on immortality. We'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, and we should be looking forward to that. So we've not received all of that yet. But we're hoping for that time. We're looking forward to that time. And if we are, then our top priority should be maintaining our faith in the finished work of Christ. All right, take a look at verse 25. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Hines had a commercial back years ago saying the best things come to those that wait. I like that. The best things come to those who wait. And the Holy Spirit through Paul is telling us that what is coming is so far greater than what we've got right now. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself should have been translated himself. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not a thing. The Holy Spirit is a person. 
But the Holy Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. All right, we're going to go through this verse and take a look at some things. The Spirit helps our infirmities. The Holy Spirit is in us right now. He's helping us. He's directing all of his attention and help toward us right now. Now, of course, we know that God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. Although he's everywhere, his help to us is on a personal level. Let me say that again. God is everywhere. His spirit is everywhere. But his spirit that is in our hearts and lives... He helps us on a personal level. It's almost as if though the Lord is giving us or using all of his power and wisdom is being stored up just for us to help us in our particular problems. He helps us. And the word help here in the Greek refers to someone coming to another's aid by taking hold of one side of the load that they're carrying. So the Holy Spirit is not just going to take the load and tote it for you. But he will come alongside you and grab hold of one end while you're holding the other and he will help you. That's how the Holy Spirit helps us. He helps carry the load that we bear. And the Lord allows that for our maturity, see, and it helps develop character in us. He helps our infirmities. Infirmities refers to our weaknesses, and that can be either a spiritual thing or it can be a physical thing. Whatever weakness that we have in our lives, the Holy Spirit is there to help us. And how does he help us? He helps us through prayer. As it says, therefore, we know not what we should pray for as we ought. We should go before the Lord in prayer on a regular basis concerning our infirmities, our weaknesses. And when we do, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. Now, what does that mean? The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. How does he do that? Well, there's a certain protocol when you approach a king or the president. You don't just walk up to the president and pat him on the back. Hey, Donnie, how you doing? <laughs> You're going to have some men in black suits shoving your face down in the ground if you walk up to him in that fashion. There's certain protocol when it comes to addressing those in leadership positions such as that. And there's certain protocol when we approach the Heavenly Father. And the Holy Spirit knows the protocol. He knows how to take our prayers and present it before the Heavenly Father in a manner that is acceptable to God. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Now, in that verse, for we know not what. Before the word what, there is what is known as the definite article in the Greek, and it translates a little clumsy over into our English, 
But actually it should read this way. For we know not the what we should pray for as we ought. Life comes at you hard. Now I don't know about you, but I've seen some rough days, and I know you have as well. And life comes at you hard. You find yourself between a rock and a hard place. And no matter which way you go, it's a mess. Am I talking to anybody tonight? Have you ever been there? Either way you go, it's a mess. And you don't know how to address that thing. You don't know how to pray over that thing because, like I said, in the natural, when you look at it, either way, it's a mess. It's not going to turn out good or so it seems. And sometimes our emotions of what is happening at the time, it runs so deep, we simply don't know how to put that into words. All right, is anybody here with me tonight? Have you ever been in a situation where something just hit you and it gripped your heart so bad that you you just could not express how you feel? And he said here, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. All right? In the Greek. The word groanings literally means a cry. There are times when our emotions run so deep and we don't know how to express what we're feeling with words and the only way to properly express how we feel is with tears. How can you put that into words? You can't. But, the Holy Spirit knows how to take the cries of a broken heart and put it into words that are understandable and acceptable before the Heavenly Father. Did you follow what I just said? The Lord knows how to take those tears. He knows how to take the pain in your heart that you can't put into words. The Holy Spirit knows how to take that groan and put it into words that you don't understand and present it before the Heavenly Father, and the Heavenly Father knows exactly what you're feeling and knows exactly what is needed at that particular time now gonna get a little prickly now gonna be like that cactus i told you about a while back my grandmother had a cactus in the yard and i'm doing some weed eating around there and boy that weed eater line got into that cactus and it threw them thorny things all over me this is gonna be a little sticky now Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. This is probably one of the most heated subjects in Christianity. Has been for a long time. It's divided up a lot of churches. A lot of preachers won't deal with it and address it because it is so prickly. People don't understand it. 
when the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with these groanings, this, this, these feelings that we have down inside that we can't put into words, but the Holy Spirit can. He puts it into words and presents it to the Father. This is what is known as the prayer language or what is known as praying in other tongues, or praying in the Spirit. Now, Paul give us regulations for this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, move down if you will to verse 14, and Paul said this, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Now, a lot of people make the mistake, and think that Paul is demeaning tongues here. But he's not. He's actually saying that a prayer that comes from one spirit is more fruitful than a prayer that comes from someone's mind. Let me say that again. Paul is actually telling us here that a prayer from your spirit is more fruitful than a prayer that comes from your mind. And the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with our spirit. And He knows what we feel and He knows what is needed. We can't explain it, we can't express it, but He can. And He can take that, which is down on the inside of us, put it into words that we don't understand, and present it to the Heavenly Father on our behalf. Now, when you speak those words... It ain't going to make no sense to you. You're actually speaking in other tongues. Okay? You're actually speaking in that prayer language, praying in the Spirit. All right, look at verse 15 there. What is it then? Paul said, I'll pray with the Spirit. In other words, I'll pray in other tongues. I don't understand what I'm saying. I don't understand what's going on, but I'm trusting the Spirit. And this is being presented for the Heavenly Father, and He understands all that we have and what we're needing. He said, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. In other words, I'll pray in a language. I'll pray from my mind something that I understand. In a situation like that, I'm going to do both. See? He said, I'll sing with the Spirit in other tongues, and I will sing with the understanding also. Now, Paul is talking about your personal devotion to God. Okay? He's not talking about in a church service. He is talking about in your personal devotion to God in prayer. Jesus said, get in your prayer closet. That's between you and God. And to show you what I'm talking about, he said there in verse 16, Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, he's talking about praying out loud in other tongues over a meal or during a church service, How shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? If I was to call over any one of you here tonight to pray over the request, 
and you were to start praying in other tongues and just speaking that out, we're going to look at you like you're crazy. It presents an awkward situation in corporate prayer, in a corporate situation. Now, in your prayer time alone at home, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But he's saying you don't need to do that in a church service. For thou verily givest thanks well, he said there, verse 17. In other words, the Holy Spirit prayed well, but the other is not edified. In other words, those listen to you uh, didn't get anything out of what you said. They did not understand what you said. He said, I thank God, verse 18, that I speak in tongues more than you all. Paul is talking about his personal devotion to God. That's what he's talking about. Yet in the church I had rather speak five words with my understanding, that by my voice I might teach others also, than ten thousand words in an unknown tongue. So Paul is not demeaning speaking in other tongues. In this chapter, he is regulating it. Because the church at Corinth, things were getting out of hand. Okay? And I think it, it still, even though Paul has given us regulations for it here in the book of Corinthians, in a lot of churches it's still out of hand. And so, I believe speaking in tongues is for today, is between you and God, in your personal prayer time at home. Likewise, the Spirit, Romans 8, verse 26, let's go back over there now. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts, that's God the Father, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Let me read you this note given by Kenneth Wiest. He said, This refers to a special means of communication, which can refer to praying in tongues, but not necessarily so. Because some of you sitting here tonight, Brother James, I ain't never spoken tongues all my life, so how's that going to do me? It doesn't matter. There are times when life comes at you hard, and you're in your prayer time alone with the Lord, and you just don't know what to say. You're at your wit's end. The Holy Spirit knows those feelings and those emotions that you have, and He knows how to present that before the Heavenly Father, and the Heavenly Father knows the answer for that situation. The idea is that God the Father, who searches the hearts of his saints, understands the intent or bent of our unutterable prayers. Unutterable because we don't know the particular things for which we should pray in connection with a certain circumstance. He knows the mind of the Holy Spirit praying for us and in our stead according to the plan of God for our lives. If we'll just let the Holy Spirit have his way within our hearts and lives, then we can expect the results of verse 28. Take a look at that. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that all 
things. All things refers to whether good or bad. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. God has nothing but good intentions for us. Everything that happens to us is for our good. But in order to receive it, first of all, we've got to love God. That's what, that's what it says here. For the good to them that love God. That's the first condition you have to meet in order for that bad situation to work out in your life. You've got to love God. And then he went on to say, to them who are called according to his purpose. That's the second condition that you have to meet. Uh, in other words, we just simply must be about the Father's business, who are called according to his purpose. Now, there's a lot of things that can be said there on that verse, but we're just going to stop right there for tonight. Uh, do we have any thoughts, questions, or comments? It is indeed a blessing if it's done properly and done in the right order according to the way God has designed it and uh, laid it out here in His Word. We'll follow those guidelines. You won't go wrong. And uh, like you said, it, it's a great blessing to uh, go before the Lord in that fashion, pray for things like I said, you, you look at the situation and you don't know which way to go, really. But the Spirit makes intercession for us. And Paul said, if you, he said, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. That there are times when we need to be edified. I mean, life comes at you hard and you, you need that little extra boost there the holy spirit is there to make intercession for us if we'll if we'll let him have his way if the program today has been a blessing to you we hope and pray that you'll share it with others this podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.